0: for You dwell between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim.
1: Shine forth. Praise, all adoration be unto your God. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed, Amen. Amen, Amen. How is everyone doing this morning? How's your week? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to see you all again this morning. Amen. Amen. Are we allergic to sitting in the front? <laughs> Amen. whoever can move forward a little bit shoot. praise the name of the Lord thank you Lord Jesus is everyone okay in the house? are we sure? amen yeah, okay? Good to see you. Chidima, oh Chidema is feeding baby. <laughs> Practicing for good good years to come, that's all. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And baby, welcome, thank you. Good to see you. Amen. Amen. I know Pastor Femi is still busy yes yes thank god praise the name of the lord now let's open our bibles to genesis chapter 9. genesis chapter 9 from our reading from verse 20 down to Romans chapter 10 Amen. Um, I'm starting this with, there was a question that came up at the faith seekers yesterday that gingered this thought and uh, as I was was meditating on it over last night and even to this morning I began to see that these are the genesis of causes. And then covenants that men began to make with hell and death. So you know where they will say um, your ancestral courses? (laughs) This is where the thing started. You can route it back to Genesis. Amen. So the question that was asked in the Bible study yesterday was... um, Someone asked us, why is it that, you know, Africans, you know, we are the ones who are the most religious Christians. Do you get me? But right now we are the most backward economically. Do you get me? In terms of we are behind, right behind the other races. And so uh, Femi answered and I answered. uh, And in my answer, I was trying to trace it back actually it's a Genesis, which is actually the, the roots where the problem started. Uh, you will see it as we begin to read. Um, but there's also an answer, a solution, I, and I taught, taught them the solution, that what breaks that cause, they get me, from Noah down to Ham, which came down to Africans, um, what breaks that cause is Jesus. Is Christ. Amen. Uh, but even this morning, more most, most so, I want to connect it with something. I want to show you the genealogy of our covenant with hell and death. Amen. Where men's souls, our ancestors, Amen, began to make agreements with evil spirits that were chatting out way of life for them to live. Amen? Dumb idols. Praise the name of the Lord. Which many of our people's men back home still worship. Not so? Uh, there are many. Iva Ogun. Did you get Where are there are many? So many idols, the snake gods, you get me? All these idols that we came into worship, our ancestors came into worship with, was as a result of agreement that we made. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you'll bear with me this morning as we are going to begin to x-ray genealogy. But let's keep bear in mind, as we are reading these things, and x-raying the genealogy, be seen where the source of our problem came from, amen, and also be seen where the source of your solution is. So it means that you need to make new agreements, amen, with Christ, the Spirit of Christ, not so. The law of the Spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, you need to start making new agreements to disannul old agreements. And many of these old agreements were not even our fault. They came down from our, do you get me? They came down from our lineage, ancestral causes. So many of the agreements were not our fault. Some of them may be our fault, maybe what we learned in school with our peer pressures and all of that. But many of the agreements were not even, before you were born, the agreements were made. Amen. And how do I know that the agreements affect you? In the sense that except maybe your, children, your parents were born again early and had dealt with these agreements. Because it's not just being born again that deals with these agreements. These agreements are ways of life. Meaning you can be born again but you can still be agreeing with the way of life of your ancestors. So you are still under that covenant. In the sense of you are living the life. And you are teaching your children. This is how they always do it. Oh, where we come from. This is how they always do it. Sometimes I want to ask them. Were you there (laughs) when they made the agreement in the village? That this is how they've been doing it. (laughs) Amen. I bet you. How do they come up with those cultures, those things? Maybe some of those elders in the village. You just gather and sit. Then after somebody consults the. Whoever, you get it, their idol, they now say, okay, going forward, they will send for the town crier to tell you <laughs> that going forward, this is the new edict in the village of Iwu. <laughs> and this is the way we are going to be doing it. And so the next thing, everybody will start behaving that way and doing it that way. And then your grandfather will now take up that way, teach your, your father. And your father will say, oh, this thing is, this thing has been serving our people for generations, so it's a good thing. And your father will be born again. Amen? But he will still teach you what? That way. And the teaching of that way, amen, is you making the agreement. Praise the name of the Lord. Is what? Is you making the agreement with what? With that hell and with that debt. So many times, many times we have come into agreements in our souls that we knew nothing about. We were brought up in that way. Amen. But they actually, if you trace it back, they're actually agreements that stand from evil spirits. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. They're actually what? Agreements that stand from where? From evil spirits. Now let's read. Let's see. So Genesis chapter 9 from verse 20. Are we together in the house, please? And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine, and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tents. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Amen. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Curse be Canaan, that's Ham. What did he say again? A servant of what? Of servants shall you be unto his who are his brethren? Shem and Japhet. Why did Noah call it his brethren? He was very seen many. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. So those brethren is Shem and Japhet. Then in verses verse 27: God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of who? Of Shem. So who is number one? in the hierarchy Shem no Shem is number one because Japheth is dwelling in the tents of Shem Amen Yes, yeah, so Japheth is it, uh, you, will, you will notice it if, if you have eyes you will see it. that in the present world today there are three major races the white, the Asian and the black and if you see the Asians they follow the whites, the western world they want to be like them Build their technology, copy their direction. Amen. And there is Ham. Now, later on, let's see. Let's see the descendants of Ham and Japheth. Chapter 10. He says, Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. Now, let's see Japheth. Verse 2: The sons of Japheth. Goma and Magog and Madai and Javan and Tubal and Meshech If you read the Old Testament well Ezekiel you start seeing those names Tubal and Meshech they were those those names those were, those were Arab strong those were like Syrians you know as the Assyrians they were strong men of those days and that the Arab world is also tied to Japhet Tubal Meshech Magog. Praise the name of the Lord. If you go on, verse 2 says, and the sons of Goma, Ashkelon, Rifa, Togama, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish. Tarshish is also in Asia. You will see Tarshish in the book of Azad, chapter 6 when he was talking about those who will come, who will build the city. It says the, ship, the ships of Tashi shall come first. And all of that Middle Eastern area, Turkey, Iran, they used to be called Asia because the seven churches of Revelations are where? They were in Asia. In the book of Revelations. But really, it's modern day Turkey. Praise the name of the Lord. Let, let's see. Let's go. Let's see. Um, Revelations chapter one, you will see it, verse four. Somebody can help me read it, or oh, actually, since I have the mic, I'll just read it. Revelations chapter one, verse four. It says, "John to the seven churches, which are in, aha." Uh-huh. Amen. But what they are actually in modern day Turkey in the in the in the western western belt of Turkey. But in those days they were all considered Asia. Because they are all sons of Japhet. Amen. Now let's see Ham. Um, verse 6. It says, and the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizram, and Put, and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havila, and Sabta, and Rama, and Shapteka, and the sons of Rama, are who? Sheba and Dedan. I'm now connecting it. So, when they say the queen of the south, who are they referring to? The queen of Sheba. Are you seeing the? And Cush himself. Cush, who is a son of Ham. Cush, the Cushites, are modern day Sudan. Amen? The Cushites are what? Modern day Sudan. I remember the first night of Believers' Convention last year reverend thought visited the scripture if anyone can remember because he wanted to talk th- reverend said nimrod was from africa remember let's see verse eight and cush began whom bigger to nimrod icing course that was, so nimrod was the first <laughs> was the first full manifestation of the cause Learning how to live outside God, and to learn how to live outside God, you have to go and learn it from them who are falling and are living outside God. So Nimrod was the first maker of idols. Nimrod was the first one who made agreements with idols for to begin to build. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Let's see, uh, and verse eight. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord wherefore it is said even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord <laughs> and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel so he was the one who wanted to build the tower of Babel what is the tower of Babel that's the height of idolatry amen is the what is the height of idolatry now let's see, let's see, let's visit another scripture. Let's see First Corinthians chapter 12. Are we together in the house, please? From verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles, Carried away unto what? Unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Amen. So it means that idols lead as well. They lead you to another place. Even as the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, leads you somewhere. Amen. What do idols do? Idols lead you elsewhere. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So imagine for, you know, Christianity just came to Africa 50 years ago. Maybe 70 years ago. We are babies when it comes to Christianity. So it means that ever since Jesus dead, died and resurrected, Africans have been living in where? In idolatry. So 2,000 years. Most of them must have mastered it. (laughs) <laughs> eh? am I communicating they must have prospered with agreements with idols and before you, what, how do you make an agreement with an idol you have to make a covenant with them meaning you have to say that this is, the, this is how the covenant goes, we will teach you how to live our life and in exchange we will make you the, maybe the oba of the village you get me, we will give you the wisdom of how to lead the village of how to be a mighty hunter, or how to be a great renown within your people. That's how these things come into bear. And where there is no Christ, these idols prosper, because there's no other option. Amen? So you will always find out that the people who are topping their class, essentially who are standing out in the village per se, are those who have an extra wisdom that nobody else has. And there are only two places to get wisdom. Either you get wisdom from God, or you get wisdom from the Lucifer, who was what? Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So once you start seeing a wise man arise, begin to ask yourself, where did he get the wisdom from? If the man is not under God, he definitely got it from Satan. And that's how you will know the Antichrist. The man will be too wise. He will provide solution for everybody. Yet it's not, a that it won't be under God. He will hate God. That's how you know Him. It's very easy. If you see a man that is too bright and know God, he's under Satan. There's nowhere else they could have gotten the wisdom. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So you see where pre-Adventure per- Africans' problems came from, but God is solving the problem by turning us to Christ. And just watch it over time because we are still young. You see, the European nations were in Christ since 2,000 years. So you see the distance. So just watch it over time. And I, I, I like, maybe in your lifetime, you will see things will begin to change because of righteousness that is trying to break through. Especially if it breaks into the way of life amen if you check it when you check as most of us we are born again but our mind the way we think is still dull it's still based on evil whereas when you check the western world the way they think sometimes has some highness you get me some level of civility arrangement because that kind of thing but they are no longer born again kind of thing am i communicating jenny you had a question Yes.
0: I' the to the that
1: and not be cultured by not be by the devil? Like no I know Well, more specifically, I'm talking about wisdom for governance. More specifically, but mostly, even all those earthly wisdoms that men just acquire, you see it. I say some say, Why do they always have to talk against God? It means, it means uh, the wisdom itself is not bad. though. knowledge is from God, but when Satan hijacks the knowledge, he will always turn it against God. So even most people who are renowned in the earth, according to earthly wisdom, you'll find they always hate God. Why? Why do you have to put those two together? Why can't you just have the earthly knowledge without hating God? If you do, then you're okay. If you can receive the earthly knowledge without hating God, you're okay. And you can, because that knowledge came from God. It's also God's knowledge. But Satan has hijacked it and now used it as an enemy against God. Satan is just a twisted guy. Amen. Even right now, some of the skills are used so to fight the church. I've not even seen it before. <laughs> Amen. That boy has an agenda. He knows, what he knows what he's targeting. He knows what he's doing. He wants he wants God is doing something right now. So I, I, I feel like Christians at this point in time are really in, in their closets, drawing closer to God. So there are some new stories that are breaking that want to melt that thing. That the reason why Satan allowed it to break is not because he, he just went to expose to no, It's because he wanted to scatter souls, connection, attachment, growth, development. Make people shrink back. And the moment you shrink back, the Bible says, what did the Bible say of those who shrink back? He says he shall not be pleased with you. The enemy knows. His, he had, he, oh, God. Satan is a terrible guy. The enemy knows how to get you to offend God. Do you know why? He did it before with Balaam. He used Balaam to cause a stumbling block for the people of Israel because he saw that nothing could stop these people. The only thing that could stop these people is to get them by themselves to offend God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God is going to help us this morning. So, are we seeing the origin of causes? Now, when a man is caused, do you get me? And he knows his cost. Hear me. It means that who caused harm? Noah. And if Ham went to God, what would God tell Ham? Go and apologize to your father. Because who, who, who had the relationship with God? Is Noah. I don't know if I'm communicating. I don't know if I'm communicating. But Ham would have been very stubborn. He would have realized that. Why? What was that? Again, it means he had he a had wrong attitude from the beginning. Amen? So, if Ham, being stubborn, would not want to go to Noah, because he has to go to Noah to go and beg, and he did not, otherwise the Bible would have said so. It means that you have to go somewhere else. Am I communicating? You have to go somewhere else to go and get help to leave. So, it's very clear to me that as a result of the separation of Noah and Ham, where did Ham go to? Ham would have gone to idols. He would have been exposed to idols. He said, oh, no, we will help you. Forget Noah. Forget that God. Don't speak the light cursing. <laughs> 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 uh, don't, don't mind them. It's because they actually don't want you to live well. We will teach you how to live well. Then Cush begat Nimrod. Nimrod learned how to live well according to evil spirits. Amen. It means he has made agreement with them that he will execute their wickedness in exchange for them giving him wisdom to build. Am I communicating? It means what? That he would what? He would The exchange, the covenant, the covenant is that look. Give me wisdom to live. And I would carry out all your evil plans on the earth. And anybody who is under me will live under your covenants. Don't worry, today we are addressing covenant of what? Hell and death. You have to address it from the source. if you know how many covenants of hell and death are residing in you, when you really can stare what is residing in you, then you will now be able to run to another spirit called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Many a times, people don't understand the problem they have. It's the reason why you will not be as quick or as responsive to your solution. If you don't have a problem, do you need a solution? And so if you don't know you have a problem, so you will be dancing around with the solution because you are not sure if you really need a solution. But the day you know what your problem is and what the solution is, then what would you do? You will run for the solution. Now, this problem... What am I trying to say to you this morning? That this problem is not just your fault. It's, it's beyond your 20-something years on earth. Or 30-something... This problem is a thousand years problem. Thousands of years in investment in the ancestry of man. Amen. Amen. Who did... Remember Jacob and Joseph... Joseph had two children, Manasseh and Ephraim. Who was the firstborn? Manasseh. Who was the last born? Ephraim. Who did Jacob put his right hand on? Ephraim. And his left hand on Manasseh. Joseph was confused. But jo- Jacob did that. You know, you know, Jacob was also in that shoes. He was using according to his wisdom. Amen. But after 2,000 years, We got to the time of Ezekiel. 2,000 years. Not one day. What did God say concerning Ephraim? Ephraim has given himself to idols. Leave him alone. He's not a one-day thing. He didn't give himself to idols the day he was born in Joseph. He took 2,000 years of journeying with idols. It wasn't just... When that Ephraim was, that Ephraim was seeing the whole people as Ephraim. It means they were, they were making covenants with idols over time. That the time now came, 2,000 years passed and God said, okay, now there's nothing I can do with these people anymore. Ephraim has given himself to idols. Let him alone. When you go to the book of Revelation, when they are releasing the 12 tribes, Ephraim did not make it. But earlier, when you look read kings, read, read those, when they are reading the 12 tribes, Ephraim is there. <laughs> Praise God. So, what I am saying is that, I'm sorry, our problem is not just you. Your problem is not just you. What I learned, you know before we taught it how, when we were born, while we grew up, it's not just that 20 years, 30 years what I learned. Our problem is thousands of years of congealed darkness that was passed on to us by our genetics, by our DNA. You were born into sin. Is that what David said? For my mother's womb, I was conceived, means I was conceived in agreement with idols. From the moment I was born, I was born into covenants that I knew nothing about. You know, know, I was born into trouble. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> crying in the world, whatever, but you are born into trouble, agreements, covenants that you knew nothing about. Why do you think today they still pray deliverance from ancestral causes? Yeah, they are born again. <laughs> and, but I'm here to tell you, it's not just by prayer, it's by learning. You learn them, you have to unlearn them. A priest arose called Melchizedek who else, he unlearned them onto his genetics. The Bible says without descent, without mother or father. you was talking about genetics. Genetics. He unlearned the covenant unto the root, the ancestral genetics. Amen. I tell you, by the time you are done learning Christ, they will not trace you to him again. In fact, they will not even trace you to Adam again. Now they will be tracing you to the second Adam. So when we are reading about Africans, then Kush and Sheba, it's not my portion, I'm not inside there. Amen. <laughs> right now I'm still. Low. <laughs> you me? All of us are still and of i saying all of us are still there somewhere. We say associate our we say get But a time will come when Christ is formed in you that you will no longer be associated with that cost genealogy. Amen. I, I, you know that night that daddy was now teaching it. He was not teaching the wisdom of God in the measures too as well. That how God what's enemy plan for evil to keep us in darkness? God now used it as a way to save us at the end. Because in this end time where, you know, in this person the they, they don't have anything with spirit anymore, so they cannot believe God. They don't believe anything. Because it's easy because you don't see mummy water coming out from the water. Do you get me? Whereas some people have seen it. I know one of us whose parents saw, as they said year. the parents saw, <laughs> after they were coming back from church at night, <laughs> they just kept <came> driving, and they were driving, and they going home. just might have been there, and they were going home. And the lady came out, she, she came out from water fully dressed and dry. And I came to the street. That's how I started the loving voice, man. But, you don't know <laughs> <laughs> amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, because of all those things that we have seen, we say, "This God, oh, you get me." So, when you find Jesus, you, say, you better keep this just closed because we know what we're dealing with. <laughs> So God used this, although you know God still used it in his wisdom that in the end time he's going to save many from the south. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is excellent. And I like it's good that way. Now thank God I'm born again. Not that I rather be like this than be like the, our brethren here. You <laughs> our brothers here who were once in defeat and decided not to do again. And I I think we are all more blessed. Now that I have seen them too. I'm also, I'm very afraid now. I'm also watching myself. Let me, we should not end up like them. That you know this Jesus, you know God, and you now say you want to go back to Satan. Am I mad? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Can I continue today? Are we blessed? Are we seeing the genetics? Are we seeing the genealogy? Are you seeing where the problem came from? If you check it every single time, and it's the nature of men, think about it. For example, let's look at, let's see Cain. Seeing light at his door, but he did not fully follow sin yet. He did not follow Satan yet until he was disappointed at how God responded to him. I don't know if I'm communicating. I don't know if I'm communicating. There is something about man that let's say you're following God and God disappoints you, that you want to go and follow your another side. Is that is a stubborn nature inside us? Will that rebellious thing is still there somewhere? Am I communicating? I know it's a temptation for everyone that if ah man, if this thing is this guy is I don't like this this thing anymore. You get me? It's like they don't want to appreciate me. You get me? Then there's the temptation to say, "Okay, let me go and do something else." And that, if you check the scripture, everybody that went the way of Satan, that's how it happened. Am I communicating? That's how it happened. They felt they were not, they were not, they, they were not getting what they wanted from God, and so they were disappointed, and then door opened, and that boy. <laughs> that boy is not the best evangelist you ever meet. Door to door <laughs> evangelism. another say the Bible says say the the uh, the, this, the devil he, he writes like what he writes about like a roaring lion looking for who to devour. We we to do evangelism is difficult, but that boy, he, I don't know where he gets his energy from. Wait, he just and he will check you. Ah, this ah. Ah, Shifra is still, still strong in eternal life. Okay, okay, leave her. Let's go and check Paulette. Paulette is still strong. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and he'll be going for one minute. Knocking on doors, knocking on doors. Until finally, maybe perpetually, he'll fight me. He's he doing so one kind. Let me tell you something. I have my own revelation. Leave those boys. Those girls would appreciate you. Look at the evil. Nobody even calls yourself. I mean, leave them alone. (laughs) He's just looking for who will give him ear. And if you give him one ear, he will take two two pieces of (laughs) land. Just one ear. That guy is dangerous. Amen. I wonder how many Christians he's talking to right now on the earth. Especially with one or two scandals going um, oh, You get me. I will be visiting. Preaching. Car, this guy is a pastor. You don't know. He pastored the angels for for thousands of years before they even burned us. Before they even gave birth to man. He is a preacher. Amen. You know, God is still pro- protecting some of us, though. So. That we have not heard his full preaching yet. God knows that some of us, if he preached to you, you pre- I will not see you again. So we are praying. I pray every day. <laughs> As an angel of light. He got. oh God. Let me start. Let's see Isaiah 28. Let's go. Let's continue the, the message. Isaiah 28. Just read from verse nine, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he teach whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk from the milk and drawn from the breast. Uh, and we know that it's doctrine that will bring answer of new covenants against the old covenants. Amen. So it milks, it means that anyone who still useth milk is unskillful in the world of righteousness. It also means that anyone who still useth milk still has all his covenants intact Milk does not touch covenant at all. You will still have all the lusts of your heart intact. All the covenants of hell and death intact. All, what milk really does, and which is why it's very important, is that milk will ha- make you have an affinity, a repentant heart. Have an open heart to something else. Do you get it? Meaning milk will make you love God. You will have an affinity for God. You have a bit more trust for God. Do you get me? So that means you are open to learning. You are open to something new, something different from what you, you know as a life. That's what milk does. So he has been from milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and dear little, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people. So when he, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the very to rest and this is the refreshing yet this is the refreshing yet they will not hear but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept precept upon precept line upon line line upon line hear a little and there a little that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken wherefore hear the word of the Lord ye scornful men that rule these people which is in Jerusalem because ye have said we have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement. Where did they say? They did not say it out in the open no. In their hearts, in their soul. That's, where they were, that's how they were saying it. In their heart, they are like, we are not going with God again. We are going with this direction. Amen. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge. Now, this is, this is the covenant. For we have made lies our refuge. And under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Who, what's the word they used to call the Antichrist? The false prophet. So lies is covenant with hell. Falsehood is covenant with death. There's a difference. There's a slight is when you have perfect life, you begin to see those slight differences. It's like there's a difference between sin and iniquity. Sin is what everybody is. Iniquity, a person can be in iniquity, be committing, and nobody will know. Because it's not something that is an obvious thing, it's something that is a twist. It's something that is a twist, they call it a, a perversion. If you want to study what iniquity is, go and study Balaam. Even though he, was, he had iniquity, every time he calls God, God will come. <laughs> but it was twisted. And that, and that realm, you don't see it. It's, when, it's with the light of the Son of God that you see it. In the book of Revelation, that's where they, they, he exposed it. The doctrine of Balak. Who taught Balak? Amen. If God will permit us today, we will read some of those scriptures. Amen. So lies is covenant with what? Hell. Falsehood is covenant with what? Death. And every one of us has some of it in our life. Refuge, then hiding place. Refuge is like in the other in the good side, refuge is abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say, Oh, the Lord is our refuge. The hiding place is actually be coming into God. God has been God has been our hiding place since ages. Read the scriptures. Hiding place is when you come into God. But refuge is when you're under his covering so hiding place is deeper than refuge and that's death amen now every single one of us had, in time past and peradventure adventure there are still some lies that we are, co- high, we are using to cover as a refuge in our lives refuge means just back up well, you get me? A backup house. For you, I'm talking to us here. For those who are out there, their refuge is the only house. <laughs> but for us here who are trying to come under another refuge, we have a backup. We still we still in our soul maintain the backup refuge. Just in case God, this eternal life doesn't work the way you get me. <laughs> I will still go back to my lies as a refuge. What is the lies? I can live myself, my life by myself is a lie. Last, last, if I check with God and God does not answer, I will Google it, and go and ask. Do you get me? I go and do research. Is that not a backup? (laughs) You know, sometimes God not answering is actually an action. What's the action that you should learn from God not answering? Wait, my brother. Wait, my sister. Amen. Amen. Or go and receive counsel from them who are higher than you in the spirit. They can also give you judgment. Praise the name of the Lord. But, and I think everybody here can attest, we still have that backup option. We know that if God doesn't walk, we have how we go and do it. That is what we call what? Refuge of lies. is there. To calculate your life by yourself is a refuge of what? Of lies. Why is it a lie? Can somebody ask me why is it a lie? It's because that lying that leading can never lead you to life. The best thing it can do is teach you how to live a dead life for 80 years. That's the best it can do. And all that 80 years, it will be leading you farther away from God. It means you'll be having less and less hope of ever living. So it's a lie. It's vanity upon vanity. There was a time a few years ago, my people, whenever I, see, I saw an elderly fellow, I, 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 when I have the extra time, I'll sit down and talk to them. There was a time I used to walk up in uh, Northwest Territories, here, River. So sometimes, you know, after work, I have nothing to do, so I'll go to the restaurant it gets me, company will pay the dinner, so I'll go and eat dinner if I find an elderly man, you know, I'll just say oh, I'll just greet the person and I will start chatting I used to do something close to my house at Northgate sometimes every day they, they'll sit down there for coffee, I'll just sit down and talk to one I'll, I'll try to do interviews, to figure out get, get learn from them, learn experience and one thing I was always speaking from all of them, barring one there was only one that from all of them was regret. Regret. And it's not the regret is not that they don't make money. They retire. They have money. That's why they're able to sit and drink coffee. But regrets about the, you know, some of them they will have illnesses that they know came from overexertion during their young age of overworking. And I asked them, why are you working so much, so hard? It's so bad for his family, for his children. And they'll say, Oh, how are the children now? They said, Don't even talk to them. <laughs> they don't know you. Some of them are in senior so they don't visit them. You get, are you saying how it's, that thing a lie? And the thing can seem like a righteousness. I need to labor, oh, and it's good. I need to labor all my life for my children. I need to give my children the best. You will now forget God who can help the children. Because without God, the children will always have a different mind than you. Always. If you are not teaching them righteousness, school is teaching them something else. And developing their mind. And they, you are not giving them anything for yourself. So you find out that you raised somebody who is really not your child. Somebody who is somebody else. And you in the name of laboring for that person. Amen. Some of them, when we do Bible study with them at the seniors' home, you see, some of them are coming, not because they like to come here. <laughs> Nobody visits them. You want, do they have children? Amen. It's only the child that will put them in the senior's home. And they just hands up their heart. And the thing they've done is they are paying for the senior's home, are they not? <laughs> in their mind, they are trying. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You know, the only one, the only one that stood out to me was actually a native man. He doesn't look his age. When he, he had to show me his driver's license, I was, I was shocked. He was almost like 80 years old, yet he looked like maybe 50 something. When I was talking to him, this man was a Christian. And a Christian who listens to Kenne Copeland. or, or is the one who introduced me to our Roberts? <laughs> And then I saw his videos. He also shared with me one prophecy from 1987 that I will not forget. But I will not share that. So you, can, you can ask me after. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. But I could see this man, he has a son and something and all of that, but this man committed his life, and you know it's even more difficult for them, the First Nations people, because of their history with the Christian church here. But well, I could see the, I could almost see a glory on him, a glory of God upon him, as in his, his body was shining. He, lo- he did not look his age at all. So I began to see that really God is the one who makes the difference. And refuge of lies sound righteous many a times. In the sense that. Are legitimate things to labor for? Is your children not the legitimate thing to labor for? It's too legitimate, but part of the labor is that you teach them Christ. So if you are all if all the labor for your children is to make money for them, to give them the best education, you are failed. The, the, The highest priority of the labor is to teach them Christ. And actually, it's actually beneficial for you too if you teach them Christ. If you teach them Christ, they'll never forget you. Am I communicating? Well, if you don't teach them Christ, they will forget you. And you will labor in vain. And that's why it's a refuge of lies. Because it always ends up in what? In vain. Vanity. Anything lies, lies will produce vain. Nothing will produce vanity at the end. Because he have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through it shall not come unto us for we have made lies our refuge and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Hmm. Do you know what falsehood is? Is when you now believe a lie. You know in falsehood you know it's a lie. Now in falsehood is what the Bible calls lovers and makers of lies. It means they've seen that it's a lie. For you to love something, you have realized that it's a lie. <laughs> Do you, get
0: me? you have realized that
1: it relates really to nothing. Yet, you now decide that I'm going to love it, and I'm going to now produce it, teach other people it. It means that you've come into a falsehood. Meaning you've become a dominion you've agreed with. It's called the covenant of death. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Sorry I'm passing through this difficult road this morning. But we have to pass through it for your healing. Then we not pray to obtain mercy. This is the mercy. To deal with what is preventing you to making fullness of agreement with Christ. This is what is holding you back. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Are we okay? Are we blessed? Yes, Amen. Hallelujah. He then says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a trite stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Verse 17, Judgment also will I lay to the lie. Right? And righteousness to the plummet. Remember, it says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. So righteousness is precepts. The congregation of precepts means a plummet. Plummet also means spoil. So, for example, in the ancient days, when two nations are at war, if I defeat your nation, I will take all your gold and everything. We'll call it the spoil, or we'll call it the plummet. So it means it's many. And that's Christ. Righteousness is many. It's called many waters. Are you hearing me? Many waters? Many waters. Amen. Then judgment. Judgment may not be as many, but judgment is like perfection. Judgment will begin to perfect the many. Begin to put them in its places. That's judgment. Judgment is perfect light. Judgment is the realm of the Father. Not so? Righteousness is the realm of the Son, Christ. Judgment is the realm of the Father, everlasting Father. Amen? So Christ is life. Father is everlasting life. It means perfection of life. Is that clear? Praise the name of the Lord. Now, why did I say judgment and righteousness? Verse 17 here. Judgment and righteousness is what deals with the refuge of lies. Oh my God. And the hiding place of falsehood. Amen? It says then, uh, verse 17, Judgment also will I lead to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, And the waters shall overflow the hiding place. Praise the name of the Lord. Today is healing school. Soul healing. It will take Christ to begin to judge these things in you. That's why Christ, the word of God, is sharper than any double edged sword, two edged sword, a cleansing and a bring and an addition. Amen? He will cleanse you of the old covenant of hell and death. And what would it bring? It will also introduce the new, it will be bringing a new covenant into your hearts at the same time. Are we blessed? It says, and your covenant, verse 18. The, uh, so his judgment and righteousness. Oh, hear me, somebody. His judgment and righteousness, meaning Christ and the Father. Amen. Or meaning Christ. I know that word. i perfect Christ. <laughs> the perfection, the capstone of it. Amen. That would deal, that would disannul your covenant with death, and your and your agreement with hell shall not stand. So it means something can break the agreement, and something can disannul the covenant. It's called Christ or the doctrine of Christ. Is this understanding that John was writing with? Let's see, Second John. You know where I'm going. This is the understanding now. Amen. That John was writing it. Second John verse 9. I said this is the what? The understanding that who was writing it? John was writing it. He says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ heart not God because what will make you to not abide in the doctrine of Christ is that agreement with hell and that covenant with death hey, are you hearing me that covenant with hell and death is they still talking to you even while you are trying to learn Christ they are speaking they are not just I told you they are not babies they did not just come when you, got born, when you get born into the earth they came from lineage they are thousands of years old. They are ancient spirits. They are terrible spirits. That are still walking in your soul. That when you are learning Christ. They are what make you uneasy. Seated hearing. Is those covenants. There is those covenants. That make you whenever a trouble comes in your life. Make you want to leave. World of righteousness. Is those covenants. They have remote control in the soul. So they know how to press the button. Ah, okay, this this, this girl still has a covenant with the world. Okay, let's let's strangle her world a little bit. Do you get me? Uh, you know that where everything's working, the world which they, When they now choke it small. Once they choke it small, you will see your soul. Oh, have a music will play in your heart. <laughs> it's covenant of hell and death. You know say, huh? You know, start looking at <laughs> looking at me, oh, I know These people <laughs> it's ever since I these people. That... <laughs> what is talking? Covenant of what? Hell and death. They are preachers. The reason why they were put there is for, for God. That if you want to go to God, they will be they will begin to speak as against you going to God. Sometimes if you are going to God so, so, so far. Then uh, That means when you, uh, if a time will come, you may have journeyed very far. Am I communicating? Like this church that John was writing to, they are journeyed pretty far. Am I communicating? They are journeyed pretty far. But a time came where that, that pretty far they have journeyed means they may have overcome the agreement with hell. But there's another one called what? Covenant of Death. Who say, ah, at least you have tried now. And you know, you know, you will not know if I even know if Pastor James, you know, the scripture is going to. We have tried, uh, go on now, go on and do other things. You don't need to stay here still. You are okay now. That who is talking now? Covenant of death. <laughs> don't give all yourself to this thing, at least preserve something back up. It's death that is talking, meaning keep a portion of your death. I don't know if this message, is this too difficult for us? Please help me. Is it too difficult for us? This is answer to our problem. What causes all those infirmities you saw when you were seeing Jesus, the great high priest, is what? Is the covenant of hell and death. Today is mercy to break the chains. Agreements are dropping right now in the name of Jesus. I said this year many agreements will drop. You know, to become a precious stone, like we've said, to become a precious stone, you must break these things. This is what you need to overcome. The moment you overcome coming out of hell and death, you are precious in God's sight. It means there's no more enmity in you. All God's enemies are two things hell and what? And death. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I say you can summarize all of God's enemies in two things hell and what? And death of sin and death. Praise God. Can I continue? He says, Whosoever transmitted and abide not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abided in the doctrine of Christ, he had both who? Both the Father and the Son. Are you seeing? Oh my God. What meaning both judgment and righteousness. So it's the doctrine of Christ that deals with the covenant of hell and death. And you have to stay in it till the end. Because the end of it is where you perfect it. Your righteousness will turn to judgment. Meaning your righteousness will turn to peace. You will be able to judge as God judges. Then you have made peace with him. Meaning there is no disagreement between you and the father. Am I communicating? Is this same doctrine? That's why this Christ is actually the Father's meat. He who looketh upon his word daily to do what? To do them. When you perfect Christ, you are coming into the everlasting light. What did I say, somebody? When you perfect Christ, you are coming into what? Everlasting light. How did I know? Christ has come into his fullness. He began to say, Have you been with me all this while? If you have seen me, what have you seen? You have seen my father. <laughs> he did not say that I remember It means after I said have to journey more. He then he came into perfection of light. Where did he learn that Christ from? From who? He said, I only do what I do. See, he's the, the Christ of God. He's the, he's the Christ of God, of the Father. He loves the Father. As the Father loves him, he also loves his Father. In fact, he wants to. That's, you know, there was a time he was talking to the disciples. They said, you people should be happy for me that I'm going. You know, if you love me, you will love what I love. I want to be with my father. You should be happy for me that I am going. I'm going to be with my father. The father owns him. He's the father's meat. He is who the father lives for. So the father gave him his life. And we can become who the son lives for if we come into the stature of being his wife. It's a stature. And do you know what the stature of being his wife is? It's still the same thing. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. What is it? Peace, judgment, the loss of descent. Can I prove it to you? I'll just say the scripture and leave it there. Let's see Psalm forty-five. They're talking about the son and then his wife. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we blessed? Oh, thank you, Jesus. How's was a liver to bring that meat. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, grace. God is poured grace for that today. Amen. Verse 1 says, My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of things which I have made, touching who? The king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. That's so uh let me go down a little bit he says thine arrows are sharp in the king's enne- in the heart of the king's enemies whereby the people fall under thee thy throne O god that's that king is forever and ever the scepter of thy kingdom is the right scepter thou lovest righteousness and hated wickedness therefore god thy god had anointed thee with what the oil of gladness above thy fellows then verse nine king's daughters Amen. All of us are king's daughters. One thing they are the king's daughters. But after there's another that dimension that you can grow into. It says, King's daughters were we are among thy honorable women. Amen. Upon thy right hand did stand who? The queen. The queen of who? The queen of the king. The things I have made touching the king. You find this queen there too. Amen. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of upper then these are the commandments, these are the instructions, meaning the stature for the queen. in, O daughter, and consider, incline your So it will start with what? Hearing. You will first hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. After all the hearing, it will bring you to a place where you lose your descent. What is that descent? The genealogy of those ancestral causes. The genealogy of the covenant of hell and death is by hearing. You will hear it until the thing has dealt with hell. It has eliminated, eliminated death. Amen. Everything that you picked up in your genetics. Praise the name of the Lord. He says, Haki no daughter. Incline that. Uh, yeah. Consider. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house." How they put it to Melchizedek. He said, "Without descent." Not so. Without mother father, without descent, without beginning of this, no end of life. He's just talking of genetics. Information in the genetics. That same information that you were conceived in from your genetics will be dealt with when you are hacking properly. When you have inclined your ear well. It should lead you to a place where you are free of the genetics of hell, where you are free of the genetics of death in your life. Then you will now be under a new genetics called the Father's house. This will be the Father up there. <laughs> Amen. And God. Amen. Then verse 11 now says so shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, what's the last one worship thou him here are some of the scriptures where God led me to start that out, worship night, I will do it at the end of the year worship thou him for he is thy Lord, it means that's the end of the commandment amen and it's a place of submission obedience of the heart so obedience will come afterwards, knowledge has come. Remember last week we talked about the sacrifices that are pleasing to God? You being built a spiritual house and holy habitation, able to offer spiritual sacrifices pleasing unto God. What are those sacrifices, Genie? Do you remember? Who remembers? What are those sacrifices? There were two. Amen. Hosea 6 6. Our desire, and mercy, and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings are sacrifice. 1 First Samuel chapter 2, verse 22, I believe it says, For to obey, obedience is better than sacrifice, and to hacking than the fat of rams. Those are the sacrifices that are pleasing unto God. Those are spiritual sacrifices, because physical sacrifice is what he was comparing it to. So he's saying, Not knowing God is a spiritual sacrifice. You seated right now is a spiritual sacrifice. Then obeying it, coming under submission to what you have heard, to the leading of the Spirit, is the second sacrifice, which is the highest. Which is your worship. It's called your reasonable service. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed in the house? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I know for many of us in the house here, God has started dealing with that agreement with her. I know it was a measure. Hmm? To a measure. And that's the realm of sin. But the realm of death is the realm of iniquity that one is a a another terrible operation you can you can be a prophet of god and have it (laughs) Eh? i've never seen anybody in the bible who just know what to do god will come down and talk to him yet Hallelujah. Are we ready? Let's see. Let's address. Now we are addressing the covenant of what? Of death. I will introduce it. And it's actually the realm of what? Iniquity. Iniquity means wickedness. And wickedness comes from the root word weak. I know that they has taught us that. And what does that mean? twisted. To see how it is perverse. You are still twisted inside somewhere. Are we ready? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see Revelation chapter 2. okay? Amen? Jidema, you okay? okay? Collect. Okay. 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 okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. Oyin. I know you're chopping even at the back there. <laughs> you're chopping the food, eh? <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see Revelation chapter 2. Uh, from verse twelve, in the realm of iniquity, is where you actually deal with Satan. Satan is dead. In the realm of hell, you deal with evil spirits. They, they are Satan's boys. They teach hell, the world. That's the world. But when you want to deal with Satan, is another. Satan too was a priest. He still knows how to do as a priest <laughs> somewhere. Let's see. It's, and it's in this church that they mentioned, that's when the name Satan came up. They mentioned Satan, where Satan's seat is. It means Balaam. What Balaam did was, was actually the highest of iniquities. Amen. Let's see. It says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, right, this thing said, He which had a sharp sword with two edges. Two edges, not so. <laughs> I know thy works. And where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days, wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr. Who was slain among where Satan dwellers. Verse 14. But I have a few things against thee. Now, the fact that they were in the place where Satan was, means Satan is the one who was teaching this doctrine. Satan, two times. Satan will be the one who is oppressing the people of God, and Satan also sits in church. (laughs) He will be the one out there disturbing the people, but he also sits in church, like a priest, (laughs) and be teaching doctrine, and be whispering doctrine to the preachers at the same time. And it's not that at the same time. What he did is that to this world, he gave the, this world to the beast. I asked God one day. I say, I was reading a book of Revelation. I say, I see Antichrist, I see beast. I, I even see Babylon. I asked God, God, where is Satan? <laughs> God told me he's in the church. Disturbing brethren. And you see, that's this is the proof. He's in the church, disturbing brethren, teaching false doctrines. bringing bitterness. Malice this is the one doing all those things. Because he, who, whose enemy, who is his enemy? God. Unbelievers are not his enemy. So he gave those ones to the beast, the world, handle to them. His enemy is any and his God, and he can't reach God, but what he can reach? He can reach you. Who is going to God? You know how we sing? The day we start singing that song, we don't know we're in, in trouble. We are going to God, we're oh, with us, oh, we are going to God, oh. And you are singing the song, you are disturbing somebody. (laughs) Somebody whose enemy, our enemy is God. He can't reach God, but he can reach you. And so before he gets to God, (laughs) he wants to deal with you (laughs) Amen. You know, we sing some songs and say, man, we should be taking (laughs) easy. But no, we are not of them that we are afraid. No, we we'll sing it, we we'll sing amen because we are indeed going to God. I know that song. I know that brings trouble. Elohim, Elohim, Elohim. Hey, you he are calling all his enemies. <laughs> all the <separate> enemies. <laughs> and he still, and he knows he still have coming out of hell and death inside you. Have you noticed? It's not season. You begin to press all manners of both things trouble, we begin to hide. Yeah, everyone, what's going on? It's an of fire. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it's good. Call Elohim. He's the only solution to that boy. Only solution. Let's go to God. He's the only refuge and hiding place against him. Amen. No matter what they pause upon the face of the coronavirus or so covid though, with whatever variant and mutation, they should mutate to whatever they want to mutate to. I will not be afraid. I will follow God. I hear them mutate and become a man. <laughs> do not care. They are <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are... We are saved. We are running for salvation. We will be saved. No doubt about it. Amen. How many call upon the name and are saved? As many, everybody, whosoever calleth. Is it not his name we are calling upon? You are saved. You will be saved. You are joining to full salvation. Nothing can stop us. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah! Amen! So it says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught them the doctrine of Balaam? Ancient doctrine. There's nobody, there's no way you can find it by yourself. <laughs> he said, that I will come and teach it. He said, I who, who knew Balaam. You know? <laughs> he said that I came to that church and was teaching doctrine of Balaam. What was what the doctrine of Balaam? He taught who, his, who taught Balak? He preached to Balak. Balak was the king of Moab. Balak had a problem. Yes, I have a problem. <laughs> Balak had a problem. Balak was in his, in his country, Moab. Before you know it, he saw a great people. You can't read what he said in Numbers. Yea, behold, I see a great people come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth. There are too many. Balak was so afraid. Yeah, who can help me deal with these people? I know I cannot fight them. They will finish me. Who can help me? So he went to go and call Balaam. Let's see. Let's go to numbers. Let's go and read. Oh, my God. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed somebody? Are you sure you are blessed? Don't come and tell me you are not
0: blessed.
1: (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Are you sure you are blessed? This is mercy. We are obtaining mercy this morning. We are finding grace this morning. You are seeing more light this morning. Do you get me? Amen. Let's see. It. Uh, let's see Numbers chapter 22. From verse one I read, I'll be skipping as I read, so just flow with me for time's sake. Numbers chapter 22, from verse one I read, "And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab, on, the side, on, this, on this side Jordan by Jericho. So it means that in the plains of Moab, not in Moab, but Moab could see, they would have seen them. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites; He had heard their story. And Moab was so afraid. So who was Moab? Balak was Moab. A king is his people. They said Moab, so they said, verse 2, they called him Balak. But in verse 3, they called him Moab. Because he was the king of Moab, he was Moab. And Moab was so afraid of the people, because they were many. And Moab was distressed, because <laughs> he gave us of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midan, Now shall this company lick up all that around about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of, of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. Verse 5, he sent messengers therefore unto whom Balaam, the son of Beor to Petor. Now, pause that. Okay, verse 7. Let's see, okay, let's see verse 6 because that's what he wanted. That was the reason he called Balaam. Balaam, this is what I want you to do. Come now, therefore, I pray thee. Curse me these people. He must have known about Balaam. That Balaam was a very mighty prophet in God's sight. Anything that Balaam causes. You know his reputation Now they look at your resume. How did he know go and call Balaam? They've heard of this Balaam. If anything Balaam causes, forget it. It's finished. But let me tell you, do you know part of Balaam's problem is that Balaam was blessing. He himself. If Balaam can bless you and say blessed be Bemi and Bami will be blessed with gold. But Balaam himself was not a gold. They don't have too many gold, and he, that was his problem. That was his thing. <laughs> but he had God. If you're a prophet of God, God should be your sufficiency. In the dimension Balaam was. But let's continue. Let's see. Verse 7 says, And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midan departed the rewards of divination in their hands. And they came unto Balaam and spoke unto him the words of Balak. What are the words? Cost me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them. Do you get me? Then he now says, For I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed. He knows him. Are you saying that? For I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. All right. So when they came unto Balaam and spoke the words of Balak, Balaam verse 8 now said unto them, Lord, hear this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Verse 9, And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? Immediately God could smell them, <laughs> who are these people with you? <laughs> Good people have not come to you today, you should know, if God, if, if, for example, if all of if we are together, God comes, they go, don't ask me that kind of question, <laughs> because in those house, we are all with God, so if God comes and there are people with God, God asks you, what people are these with me, let that me, that a problem, <laughs> Maybe I don't know these people, Who are these people, can you tell me, I don't know these people, amen, and then Balaam said unto God Balak the son of Zippor king of Moab, sent unto me saying behold there is a people come out of Egypt verse 11 which covereth the face of the earth who said this? Balaam but what did Balak say? Balak just said that he saw many people, a a multitude of people but Balaam, are you seeing how a prophet talks? a prophet was not just seeing the people who came out of Egypt a prophet was seeing the people who covered the whole earth (laughs) That, so when Balaam was echoing the words of Balak, he was echoing it in a prophetic sense. That yeah, these people, actually their destiny is to cover the face of the earth. And what he was saying is, come now, curse me then. Preadventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Uh-huh, was she? But you know, in those days, when a king sends messengers, they don't go empty handed. You get me? Because we call to call you. So before they even talk, they will first drop their weight back out. The thing will sound. If they wait, the thing will first sound on the door. They, if, boom, you know something has arrived. And so Balaam was now considering, man. God said, I should not go. So, I cannot go. but So, Balaam, being stubborn, went to go and inquire again. <laughs> because God does his act. He wanted to go. So, verse 13. And Balaam rose in the morning and said unto the princes, get, get you into your land, for the Lord refused to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and worth and more honorable so that money means with more gold with more reward because they won't come empty-handed if you know the how ancient operations work if abraham met melchizedek and he not go empty-handed but gave him a tenth of it. are you seeing how it works amen and they came to Balaam and said unto him, Toss said Balak the son of Let nothing I pray thee hinder thee from coming unto me. And Balaam answered, I cannot go beyond what the word of ba- oh, Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. So it means they were promising him things. They came with silver and gold, came again, and all this while it was Satan really, tempting Balaam. The thing was building. It was building. But because he's a prophet, he was saying, no, I cannot go. I cannot do more than what the Lord. He was still standing firm. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye here also, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me. Now, normally, if God says something to you, and you know you are a prophet, God says, don't go with them. What should you do? End it there and move on. But God knew what was happening to Balaam. Amen? And God sometimes answers men according to the idol of their heart. But God also had a plan behind this. At the end, maybe if there's time, I'll explain the plan. But in short, God also wanted Balaam to prophesy some things concerning Israel. I will show you one of those things. That was the first place Jesus, you see Jesus also, you see him mentioned again. That's Numbers chapter 24, we'll get there. So, God actually, what the enemy planned for evil, God wanted to turn it around for good, but also wanted to try and save Balaam. Because he had Balaam was the only one who could prophesy those things. Moses was not that stature, did not have that stature. Aaron, if Moses did not have the stature, who is Aaron? <laughs> so, in all the earth, the only person who could say things that were happening in that era, the prophetic arrangement of what Israel was about to encounter, what Israel was about to achieve, was Balaam. And God knew that somewhere even though it's Satan luring Balaam against his people, but he could also use it for good, meaning to speak what, into the, to prophesy. And God does not do anything until he has been spoken. Also on the earth to prophesy about these people. So there was that. Now watch this. This very interesting play begins to play out here. Sorry I'm reading this a lot of text. But it's a very interesting interesting play. Thank you. It says, Now therefore, verse 19, I pray you tarry ye here also that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. Even though God has already said something. And verse 20, And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet, the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt thou do. So God says, okay, now go. Now watch this. I'm going to explain more. Let's read a bit more. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Now read verse 22. What does verse 22 say? Let's see it together. Verse 22 says, and God's anger was kindled because he went. Oh my God. Even though it was God who says, now go. Oh, yeah. I, it means he was not happy. He was trying to save Balaam. That's why he told him the original thing, don't go. This thing will lead you. God can see this thing will lead you into trouble. Don't go. But since you came back again, and me too, I also have what I want to do. You, I see your heart. I know you want to go. Okay. He they tell you should go, oh, yeah, go. But by the time he was now going, you know, God was, was did that, you know when someone says, Oya, oh, yeah, go, then he's like, Oya, oh, yeah, go, leave me alone. <laughs> I have already told you not to go, you are not listening. Oh, yeah, go. That's how God said it. And then, so God was expecting that Balaam being a prophet we, we think about it and say, no, I know this God, I have this relation. I know he's not really saying I should go. He's just saying it because I'm disturbing him. And that's one thing, if you disturb him too much about the loss of your heart, the answer you give it to you. So, God was not happy. God would say, ah, at your stage, at your stature, if you, later you see Balaam's stature, he was not a small boy at all. At your stature, you should know that. I didn't well, if you know really what I meant. So the Lord's anger was kindled against because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary. Hey! May God not be my adversary in Jesus' name. Oh. Except I'm being stubborn. Please, adversary. <laughs> help me. <laughs> adversary away. <laughs> help my life. <laughs> and God loved Balaam. See help. Watch this help. Watch this help, guys. This is an interesting story. Balaam did not see the angel that was standing as adversary, but the, the donkey saw verse 23. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his, dr- his sword drawn in his hand. And the, the donkey turned aside out of the way and fell into the field. And Balak wiped the donkey. And he did it three times. Now, let's go down. So it happened in 24, then it happened in 25, then in 26. Verse 26, say, And the end of the Lord went forth and stood in a narrow place. The same thing, it happened again. Balaam, verse 27, Balaam flogged the donkey again, so three times. Then, verse 28. Aha, now let's see verse 28. The first time ever God has done this. What kind of love is that? First time ever God has done this. There's nowhere else in the Bible where God has ever done this again. What did the Lord do? And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Huh? If I was a donkey, do you know what I will say to Balaam? I said, sir, you, your, your head is not correct. <laughs> You're yeah, me, flapping me. The fact that I'm talking to you should tell you that there's something wrong. Begin to talk back, i be going. <laughs> In fact, the moment I hear a donkey talk, I'll i I'll I will start walking back to my house because I don't know trouble has come. <laughs>
0: And they, so the Lord had no other way of reaching
1: Balaam. And Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said unto Balaam, Why have thou done? What have I done to you? <laughs> you are beating me all the straight times. Please, <laughs> sir. <Lisa, it's not laughs> uh, uh. And Balaam said, Because thou hast mocked me, I will dare the sword in my hand. Even if I had the sword, I will kill you. <laughs> okay now let's see verse 31 and the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way now watch this verse 32 Hmm. verse 32 you will see the now revealed Balaam's problem and the angel of the Lord said unto him wherefore hast thou smitten thy donkey these three times behold I went out to withstand thee because what Because thy way is what? Perverse, twisted before me. Twisted, it's perverse. Now you will think, oh, this is everybody. No, this man is somebody who will see it. This man, nobody has, I've not seen anybody who who could probably say, who has seen, who has heard the words of God. Those words of God, the spirit of prophecy, seen the vision of the Almighty. And he says, and knew the knowledge of the Most High. Do you know who that is? That's the everlasting Father. That's his name. Knew the knowledge. Not knew some of the knowledge. Knew the knowledge of the Most High. What kind of of prophet is that? You should know better. Come on. It means there was still that thing inside him. As far as high as he was, he has iniquity inside him. That nobody, every this Balaam can come and preach to a million people congregation, and you think it's the best. That if him and God are one and two. <laughs> when Balaam finished ministering to you, telling you pure what God is saying, you won't see how Holy Ghost will land and move. Yet you will not know that there's something inside, there's something twisted. And you will see later he prophesied all that God said concerning Israel. But then that perverse way. He also now sent forth a stumbling block against them. That's twistedness. You know, you, it's like you expose God's secrets. You know God's secrets. You know what God loves, what God hates. You know he loves these people. And you also know he hates some things. And so you now know how to get them so that by themselves, they will, curse, they will get God to curse them by themselves. Iniquity is dangerous. It, 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 it's a small twist in the realm of iniquity can just move you another that, that. or can just send a flood against you, hell, fire against you, and you will not know it's, You will not know it's coming, and you will think if if Israel listened to Balak and everything he was saying concerning them, their head would be flying. Wow, we are the blessed people. We are the this. We are the that. Not knowing the same man who has said you are blessed has sent. I sent a hail against you. I sent a danger against you. Three steps. Yes. That was his problem. Pavas. Do you know if I was balanced? Do you know what I would have done if I was balanced? Hmm? If I was balanced, do you know what I would have done? As the I follow the Balak people and go and meet Balak, and then I prophesy about what the God is saying about Israel. At night, I will sneak in and go and join. Where did they say Moses and the people were? In the plains of Moab. They are not far. I will go and greet Moses. Good morning, sir. <laughs> I will come to join your camp. <laughs> I think I can help you. I can partner with you and be part of this work. If Moses says, who are you? You are not Israel. I want to show you what I can do. I'm a prophet. I know God. I can tell you some things about who you are, what your people are. Please, I know I'm not going to let me just join this camp because I have seen you, I have seen your future. You cover the face of the earth, and it means that I'll marry one fine Jewish being. He gets me and secure my place in Israel. <laughs> Amen. That's what I have done. And now, what, what would we be remembering Balaam for? For good. You will see, you now start hearing Balaam. The prophets and his lineage, you'll be a lineage of prophets in Israel. You'll be hearing him for good. Now, the only thing we hear him for is for what? Is for evil. Even though he knew he new God. He knew God rough. I tell you, this man knew God. What we are trying to learn now with all this labor of everlasting life is what Balaam knew rock. Amen let's see it, he greets okay, let's see see the beginning when he has greeted, so now he has met Balak, do you get me and he has agreed to check what God is saying whether to bless or to cause these people he has agreed now, so now we are in chapter 23, are we blessed in the house verse 1 says, and Balaam said unto Balak build me here what did Balaam say unto Balak build me here, how many altars and prepare me here seven words oxen, bullock, and then seven rams. Oh my God! I don't know. I'll, I'll just share uh, just a little bit. This, this ram here, what he was, what he was sacrificing to was Elohim, Elohim, Elohim. One that you can use to die, the one you can use to describe one of them is a ram, because the baby of a ram is a lamb, the Lamb of God. Another one you can use to describe is like a bullock. A bullock or oxen. burden bearers. They carry burden. That's Christ. Christ is the one who carries the cross. Carries the burden of God. And then the last one, altar. Is like the throne region. Like right now I'm sitting on, I'm on this the altar I'm sitting. Altar means where the word is spoken. That's the realm of the Father. He was talking about the Elohim. Elohim, Elohim. He sacrificed to all three Elohims at once. This is the Balaam we are talking about. On each altar, He sacrificed one bullock and one ram. Amen. I won't go into details of why. If you see, if you remember when Abraham was trying to sacrifice Isaac, then a ram appeared, caught in the thickest by his horns. Then he now says the word that Jehovah Jireh really means it means not that the Lord provides per se. It means that on the mouth of the Lord it shall be seen. That it's there. You will see that nature of God on his mouth. So it means on, on the mouth of the Lord, you will see God. That's what it means. Or you will see the dimension of God. That's what Abraham saw. Or the dimension of God that is oath. Because it was on that mouth that they swore. They made oath with Abraham. And what represents oath is round. And God is old. Amen. Well, leave that there for now. Amen. And Balak did as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a what? A bullock and a ram, meaning one for Christ, one for God, <laughs> on every altar. And those altars represent the seven spirits which are before the throne. Seven altars. Immediately, verse 4, and God met Bala. But this is the God, the angel of the Lord. What did the angel of the Lord say concerning Bala? For your ways is what? Perverse. Yes. He knows how to get God. Let me tell you, God is laws. Once you, you learn it, once you know knowledge, you know it, you own it. You will know how to bring God. Yeah? Amen? We are going to learn this in a mass. That, you know, in John 14, when he was talking about the Father and the Son making a bond, then he was talking about the commandments, my words. They were talking about the things that you will do. Those are the things you do. Commandments and my words. I told you, knowledge and obedience. Those are the sacrifices you will do. Knowledge is bullock. Obedience is ram. Oh my God. For obedience is better than sacrifice. And to him than what? The fat of ram's. Those are the sacrifices you do. If you do sacrifices like that, in knowing God is a sacrifice. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen it. It's a sacrifice. And it shall not be taken from her. Then obeying God is a higher sacrifice. There is no way God will not come to you if you have not done those sacrifices. But the challenge is that you can be trying to do those sacrifices but (laughs) you see the only word in there. Someone's twistedness in there. that's why we have a pure heart that this God your heart is fixed this God shall be my God forever even unto death so what does that mean if this God shall be my God God forever even unto death he shall be our guide unto death if God is saying that excuse me I am in Ottawa and it's Ottawa people that are blessed excuse me we'll pack our load and go to Ottawa Simple. That is by it will be my guide of unto death. <laughs> but Balaam saw that Israel was blessed and refused to go there. Rather, wanted to collect gold from Balak and taught him. He preached to him how to cause God to be an enemy of Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hmm. Now look at see, look at what the prophecies began to say. God met Balaam and he said unto him, verse 4, I'll begin to round up very soon. And God met Balaam and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars and I offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. He knows. <laughs> so once God met Balaam, Balaam told God, This is what this is what I know what to do, this is what I've done it. And that's the exchange. Immediately, God has to, God has they have met the requirements of sacrifice meaning for us what does it mean you are knowing God and you are what obeying God I'm giving you expo then what happened verse 5 and the Lord put a word in whose mouth in Balaam's mouth and said return unto Balak and thus shalt thou speak and he returned unto him and stood by all right so verse 7 now says and he took up this parable and said Balak the king of Moab had brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east saying come curse me jacob and come defy israel how shall i curse whom god has not cursed or how shall i defy whom god has not defiled for from the top of the rocks i see him and from the hills i behold him lo the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations who can count the dust of jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous. And let my last end be like his. See what Balak Bala was prophesying. Why did you want to join them? <laughs> and Balak was angry. <laughs> Verse 11. Why has God done this to me? I told you to cause my enemies. And behold thou has blessed them. Also. Now let's move on. Because he did another, another sacrifice. Amen. Another sacrifice, and then verse 16. Not so the, the sacrifice, the second sacrifice he did was in verse 14. Are you still are we still together? The second sacrifice he did was in verse 14, and he brought him into the field of Zopim to the top of and built seven altars and offered a bullock and a ram upon every altar. Then another prophecy, verse 16, and the Lord there were three. Verse sixteen, and the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said again, Go again unto Balak and say to us. And when he came to him, he stood. He behold, he stood by the burnt offering, and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, What had the Lord spoken? And he took up this parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, harking unto me, thou son of Zippor. Verse nineteen, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Had he said, and shall he not do it? Or had he spoken, and shall he not make good, make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he had blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He had not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither had he seen perverseness in Israel. But where was that iniquity? (laughs) Where was that perverseness? And he professes his iniquity. Who was it in? In the Balaam who was prophesying. Whereas Jacob, they just wanted to follow God. Though they had not established stature well to deal with some things. And that was what the angle that Balaam used against them. But they wanted to follow God and they were following him all the way at that point in time. Amen. So, to be free of iniquity is to follow God out of a pure heart. Not only to twist anything. Just follow, 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 follow. And they do, and they do like Bugu. It's not my fault, I'm drinking wine. I uh, did follow the Lamb. Follow, follow. That is how we should be like. That's the purity of heart. Amen. Following God where he's going. Now see. Verse 22. God brought them out of Egypt and he had, he had as it were the strength of an unicorn. Surely there's no enchantment against Jacob i see all these things he's also revealing the secrets and so it means that he knows what what he cannot do if what you cannot use against jacob you can't use enchantment against jacob nor can you use what divination against them i pray for us in this place no enchantment shall work against us neither any divination in the name of jesus I said, no enchantment shall work against us, neither any divination in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Verse 24, Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the the slain. Now, Balak was angry again. Mm -hmm. So, verse 27, Balak said, You know what, I'll do it, try it one more time. So, let's go to another place, another mountain. <laughs> I pray. thee, I'll bring you on to another place, verse 27. For adventure, it will please God that thou mayest cause me them from their place. If I'm Balaam at that point, I'll be going. I just said no divination shall work against Jacob. Neither any, as in, God is not a man that you should lie. No, is not a man that you should repent. Are <laughs> you not hearing? Maybe it's not, is it maybe was not hearing what he was saying? You're not you have to prophesy. I don't understand. <laughs> so he tried it one more time. Verse 21. No, sorry, chapter 24, verse 1. This is now the blessing here. Are we blessed? This is now the blessing here. Amen. This is now the blessing here. He says, and when Balaam saw that he pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as other times to seek for enchantments. But he set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tents, according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Yea, this man. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Why is God bothering such not a man that has such problems. It's because the man knew the laws. He had the equipment of how to bring, that even Moses did not have. Of how to bring the raw God. How did they relate with Moses? I want to see you Lord. No, don't worry. You can't see me. You will see my back. Balaam saw his inside. Amen. He says, and Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes and the spirit of God came upon him. Verse 3, And he took up this parable and said, Balaam the son of Beor has said, The man whose eyes are open has said. He, he has said, Which heard the words of God? Which saw the vision? Not a vision. Not among the visions. The, the Almighty has one vision. And Balaam saw it. It's called the vision of the Almighty. Shall I tell you the secret? Do you know what that vision is? That vision is Israel, my people. Not Israel as in Jews, as in my people. Check revelations. All God has ever been looking for is a people. as all. Well. That's his vision. That's the reason for all this labor we're laboring. We are laboring to what? To become what? His people. I remember he said to the bride, he says, forget thy own people, the genetics that ties you to earth, ties you to covenant of hell and death. So what would you exchange that thing, people shape with? He has his own genetics, that's how you become his people. Amen? When they impregnate you with the DNA of God, they score the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The word of God which liveth and abideth forevermore. Th- that's his people. When you begin to, Christ is his people. When you are a Christ, you will be doing everything that pleases him. You are now his people. Your culture will be Christ. Your language will be Christ. Your conversation will change. You will be Christ. You are now become what? His own people. Just as Nigerians, we have culture. That's what demarcates the the people. Even amongst Nigerians, there are people in people. (laughs) Language demarcates the people. Culture, which transcends into the kind of music we like, how the foods we eat, all those things are part of your peopleship. You have a greater affinity for your people because they share those share, shared values as you, as you do. So God wants to change all of that where there is neither Greek nor Jew. Yoruba or Igbo, Hausa or whatever. But Christ is all and in all. Isn't that what the Bible says, Colossians chapter 3? So it means your development will be Christ. You will be from the tribe of Christ. <laughs> that's when you are now becoming it's not easy, we know it, God knows it too. <laughs> to deliver us <laughs> and bring us into being, meaning he owns us for you to become a people he owns you just as they call the king of Moab Moab uh-huh. for you to be Moab in God's realm it means you have his content you have the content of the king inside you formed in you Amen. Are we blessed? We understand that. Amen. Is that clear? Amen. So now, he saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes opened, he now began to speak this vision. Let's see it. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. When, he, when Jacob has developed by le- listening of learning is Christ, he becomes Israel. So while is Jacob, he's he living in tents. When he's become a people, he becomes tabernacle. That's why they call the new Jerusalem the tabernacle of God is with me. It means by then you are now his people. And then let's, let's, read, it, let's read it quickly. Revelation chapter 21 It's very important. That's the vision there. According to the New Testament. But it's the same vision because the people in the Old Testament was Israel. But now you see this vision here again. Verse 3, Revelation 23, verse 3. This is the vision of the Almighty. Amen. I said, this is the vision of what? Of the Almighty. It says, And I heard a great voice of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God. Are you tents for Jacob. Tabernacle for Israel. And Israel means my people. People of El amen He says the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be what his people that's what God is looking for that's why it's towards the end in Revelation 21 you will see the vision and they shall be what his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God remember last week we were talking about unto unfeigned love loving one another fervently is because we are learning how to be a people Amen. If a people is not just one person, <laughs> so if we I don't know how to love you now. When well, we are a people, I don't know how to. Love you. So before you become a people, you first have to be one. The loving your brethren fervently is making us one. Amen. Praise the name of the. Lord. I'll leave that there, but well, that's the vision. Praise the name of the Lord. Now back to Numbers twenty-four, verse five. I'm rounding up 10 minutes, please. Because the thing is now entering the, the sweet, the real part. Use the sweet part. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. How goodly are, are thy tents. I read that again, verse 6. As the valleys are spread forth, as gardens by where? By the riverside, as trees of low aloes, which the Lord planted. Oh, my God. Trees of righteousness. (laughs) As cedar trees beside the waters, he shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt, he hath as it were the strength of an unicorn, and he shall eat up the nations of his enemies, and break their bones, and pierce them, True with his arrows. He, cashed, he couched. He lay down as a lion, as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blessed thee, and cursed is he that cursed thee. Now, whew, glory to God. Here, he just mentioned two things. He's, very, he, he's a prophet, he knows what he's saying. Here, he mentioned two things that he, has, he, has, he had. Verse 4. He, he, he had said, which heads the words of God, and then what? Which saw the vision of the Almighty. mind. So those words form a vision, which he began to describe. And that vision is a people. But the next time he was about to say something similar, he added one more. It means he, he, and you will see that he added something. There was something he now said again after that, that talks about the knowledge of the Most High now because I will skip verse, from verse 10 to 15 because ba- Balak was still troubling Balaam have I lost us? are we still together? amen are we still together? so Balak came back again to trouble who? Balaam another problem why I told you to curse these people you are blessing them now let's go to verse 15 and now this is where we'll end amen so this is where in the last lap are you ready? are we ready? We're in the last lap, lap. Amen. Verse 15, it says, And he took out this parable and said, Balaam the son of Beor has said, The man whose eyes are open has said, He has said, which heard, Now, which heard the words of God, One, And knew, knew the, the, Meaning he knew the knowledge. The knowledge of the most high too." which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance and having his eyes open. What did he say when he said it the first time in verse 4? He said the exact same thing apart from one thing knowing the knowledge of the Most High. So part of what he had revealed from verse 4 was the vision of the Almighty that came as a result that vision is the imagery that is painted by the words of God. Amen. Remember I've taught you faith, hope, and charity before. How faith is powered by knowledge. Amen. And how do you come into hope? You begin to see the image, the vision of what you ought to become like. So the words of God, or the knowledge of God, the words of God build the vision, build the image. Amen. So that's what he saw first. But now there's one. He now knew the knowledge of the Most High, which is verse 16. Having, and knew the knowledge of the Most High. Meaning he, at this point now, he now knew all three Elohims. All their secrets. Falling into a transworld, having his eyes open. Verse 17. Now, see this again. You will see the knowledge here. The one that he did not add the first time. The first one, he says, I see him. He has already said that before. He has seen him. But not now. Meaning, I see him. I something? There is something I now see. But what I see is not going to come now. It's for a later time. I shall behold him, but not near. There shall come a star. That's the knowledge of the most high. There shall come a star out of Jacob. And a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now, let me tell you something, my people. Even Lucifer did not know this. The Bible says Christ, which God hid since before the foundation of the world, is a knowledge that the Father did not share with the angels. He hid Christ. But in the last days, he revealed him. Balaam knew it. And are you saying, Balaam is not a small boy at all. How would somebody know a star will come out of Jacob and accept her will rise out of Israel? Who is that? Jesus. Balaam saw Jesus. Amen. And what he shall begin to do? And he shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Are you seeing why you need to know Jesus? Who is Jesus? (laughs) Jesus is God's secret weapon that only the Most High knew. Until it was his time to reveal, to reveal. So it means that if it's a secret weapon, they call him the unsearchable riches of Christ. All my life agenda is to know this Jesus and know him to the fullest. For in him is hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Forget Balaam, this is a good place to end. <laughs> in him I hid what? Colossians 2, to all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me tell you, this star of Jacob, this scepter of Israel, is my life and is our life. He is the one who will make us a people. There is no other way. He is the knowledge. Knowing him, you will extract all you need to know about God inside him. You will come into all treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. Moving unto fullness. Are we blessed in the house today? I feel I should stop here. Amen. This is a good place to stop. Now even the prophet who knew all things, many literally, he knew that the end was the star. <laughs> Amen. Are you saying that? He knew that the end was this star. This star of Jacob. Balan made a terrible mistake. I feel bad for him, actually. Thank God he made a mistake so I can learn. But I feel bad for him. But God tried to save him. It's not God did not try. God told him not to go at all. God knew that he would be tempted with all these things. Satan got him. When you know God that deeply, you also know, it's like, do you know who can hurt me the most? <laughs> it's, it's those who are closest to you that can hurt you the most. Balaam was so close to God, he knew how to, he knew what to do. You can check it. He sent the daughters of Moab to Trinidad. He sent them with their idols. Who was their idol? Baal. Who is Baal? As Satan. He sent them with their idols. Say. Because, remember, Jesus revealed it in Revelation chapter 2. Amen? In Numbers, it wasn't to there. If you read on in Numbers, it never said when Balaam taught Balak. All it just showed was that Balak sent the daughters of Moab went into the children of Israel and brought their idols with them. That's all it says in Numbers. Jesus, in Revelation chapter, 30, 20, chapter 2, now revealed who taught Balak what to do. It was Balaam. It was a secret thing. Jesus knew it. And Jesus knew the, the source of that thing. Satan. That's why in that church, they were, Satan was what was their problem. Satan was rising up that Balaamic doctrine again. He was one who, 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 who leered Balaam because of gain of riches. The gold and the silver of, of Moab. You know that the star will come out of Israel. You know that the scepter will come out of Israel, that he will conquer Moab. If you go and read on, he will come Moabus inside he will conquer Moab, he will conquer all these cities, and yet you don't go and submit to that star. You don't go and submit to that nation. Rather, you go and start teaching somebody, conniving, knowing the secret of their God on how to deal with them, how to get them. All you need to do, see, all they need to do to deal to get God to vex for you. Do you get me? that you, you have knowledge, do you get me? And you go and make covenant with Satan again. That's what they did. The real problem was the Baal. They went to, what did they do? They went, to, they went to worship Baal as a result of their intercourse with the Moabite ladies who introduced them to Baal, idols. Which thing God hates. What shall the temple of God, what agreement does the temple of God with idols after you have known God after you get me so th- that was the sin of Israel and that sin God has to judge it because Satan cannot enter that promised land. God does not want his enemy to enter the promised land together with his people what would have happened if God did not judge it and you know remember the story that one a, what was his name? Finance, one of the, the sons of Aaron so. Uh, What's his name? Phineas. Right? Am I right? Huh? The son of the sons of Aaron. He was, was the one who stood up and went to go and kill some of them. They had to be killed. Because otherwise, Baal worship will enter Israel. So imagine if the everlasting kingdom that is called the Eternal, somebody carries Satan's seed and enters that kingdom. God cannot have that. And that's what Balaam knew. He knew God's secret and he tried to bring Satan into God's kingdom, God's house. That's iniquity. That's twisted. And the people of Israel did not even know what was going on. I'm coming and see questions. The people of Israel did not even know what what was coming to hit them. Amen. Okay, your question, Paulette first. I'll take Paulette and then Jeannie. So, um, so my question is, so is there really a point in this journey where you've like, gone to your social system and then you put it ahead to your friends,
0: where you put it to your father, whereby you don't, like, things don't have, like, or is it like, even though you are worshiping, it, like, you now enter that
1: have to, to be conscious of in like they, is like what like, that you'll be fighting with, yes no it's not uh, so in, in the learning of Christ you deal with sin it's Christ who deals with sin which is flesh really and, that, the root, and that, that sin it deals with is beyond just the fruits of it is the roots and the root of it is the canal mind. To plan myself, my life by myself. It's what leads to all the fruits of sin. Do you get me? Or, for example, let's say you're looking for a husband and God is not bringing it on time. Do you get me? It's sin that will tell you to go and calculate it by yourself. And then in that situation, you'll find out that you now fall. Most likely. Even before marriage. <laughs> because you did it by yourself. So that's the realm of sin. But the realm that we're even dealing with now, so you can learn Christ and deal with sin, but you have not yet dealt with iniquity. Amen? Which is the twisted way. Amen? The realm is the perfection of Christ. Amen? That will deal with the, that high realm called iniquity. Right he yes, meant iniquity yes so it's the perfection of the of perfect light meaning the perfection the full christ learning to his perfection meaning he has turned to fatherhood amen that would deal with iniquity yes you can it's very simple actually just have a pure heart this god shall be my god Forever, even unto, unto death. You have to, in the realm of iniquity, you almost have to make a covenant with your heart and swear like David swear, swore. Meaning, do you know why? Because there are times God can offend you, as you can tell. God, you'll not be angry at God, but if you make covenant oath with your heart that this God shall be my God. Balaam was at some point, what cost that is iniquity, at some point he must have been offended with God that God doesn't like good things. <laughs> you get, I know we have that problem a lot because you like good thing look at me, professor, I'm blessing people I bless, the person bless. is blessed I cause the person is caused. me myself I don't have gold, I don't have silver do you get me? so that accusation somewhere, you must have to make that thing in your heart, that this God shall be my God, no matter what I am following like a fool I am following like a lamb follows that's how you deal with iniquity. Is the lamb. Christ deals with sin. The lamb deals with iniquity. The lamb is the end of Christ. The perfect of Christ. You know, when you are a lamb, following God, you have dealt with iniquity. Because iniquity is a twisted way. You, can, you don't want to give all yourself. So you want to find another way out. But when you as a lamb, you follow God, and this God is who I am following, no matter what befalls me, in sickness or in health, for better or for worse, till death do us part, you have overcome iniquity. And it's possible. Sister Jeannie, I need to know when this thing went to. Go ahead. yes. Yes. Cannot be tempted by it. Yes, can't you still be tempted? The, when you've overcome iniquity, these are high questions. The day you have overcome iniquity, you, you cannot be tempted again. And do you know why? It's very simple. First of all, I told you first Christ deals with sins. Do you get me? Then the realm of the lamb, being a lamb, is what deals with iniquity. And what that simply means is that I follow the lamb, whether so I go It's like a fool. Now, if you are following the Lamb whithersoever he great like a fool, would you ever turn? <laughs> you know, not that you are following him with sense, you are following him with as a fool. Yeah, no, you, when you are, in terms of following the Lamb, you don't use your sense. Do you get me? You will never fail. You will never fall because you are following the Lamb who is pure, who have who can never be tempted. So you, you won't be tempted because you are in, you are with He who can never be tempted. And your and your oath is to follow that being. So it means that, what does it mean to be tempted? Temptation doesn't mean that the thought does not pass. Temptation means that the thought passes, you don't think it twice. To be tempted, Jesus had the thoughts, but the temptation means that you thought about actually doing it.
0: Yes. Is it is it that you never have you never have that um mm-hmm. flesh must meet the spirit again like Adam and that when you have to put so on there okay regardless of whatever comes up decided you might be trying to solve in my last Yes,
1: yes, correct. What well, and what I'm saying is that not that something will pass you, will not pass your mind. As long as you, you will still see things, but you will already know the path of life, where you are going, who you are following, and where is leading you to. It's part of the revelation of the path of life. So you will know everything you need to do next in life, even unto eternal life. That's the revelation of eternal life to you. So you will not be, you, not, you won't be tempted because you know where you are going. So something may flash back but will, that's all it will do, it will flash by for example, if I'm preaching today, I know that from 1030 to 130 I'm preaching and I've made a covenant, this is what I'm going to be doing, even if a thought, as I'm reaching at 30, a thought will flash by, ah, go home it will flash by, go home, and it will go where it came from, <laughs> because this is the covenant I have made, this is what God has called me to do, and this is what I am doing, you see that because, so what happens is that as you follow Christ, Christ is teaching you the knowledge of God, also the paths of God. And then the Lamb, too, will be showing you the paths of God. So, in, your, in His presence, the exponents of joy, at the right hand, pleasures forevermore, they will be showing you that path of living, of life. You will see, that's the eternal life. It will, it will be a download. Think about, see what Balaam was saying. If I was Balaam, I would have followed Israel. It means that my future is secure. Are you saying? Because you know the path of life concerning Israel. You know where they are going. Follow them. So if Ba'am made a covenant to follow these people, no matter whether I'm, I see Moab's gold behind me, and following these people. Yes, the gold will pass and thought think, you will think they thought, oh, I like that gold though. But after you finish liking it, you turn your face and keep going to the promised land. And that, means, that really means that you cannot be tempted. So what makes you not tempted is that you already know where you are going and you are fixed on it. You have the full picture of life as part as the blessing of God has come upon you and so you, you don't turn from it Amen but you see it's a far place uh-huh. Amen Father we thank you this afternoon any other questions before I close please I, I know today was I don't know I, I think God granted us grace though huh? I think we were okay today was all good right that story of Valam is good to know uh, so one can be careful. You have a question? Go ahead, Jenny. Yeah. he actually did say everything God told him to say his error was that he taught Balak how to cause Israel to fall Balak did not know it by himself because he had already said no divination Balak was trying divinations wait wait there are two men here one is Balak who is the king of Moab one is Balaam who is a prophet who was on his own the son of Beor or somewhere else but they know that balaam is a prophet meaning well balak thinking this guy can do definition definitions divinations and curse these people but balaam is a prophet of god and only can say what god can say now as a prophet just say what god has said and leave it and actually follow god Do you get me that's what you should do but he was way was perverse twisted because he had something else, meaning you have another gain you also want, in addition to, he also liked being a prophet of God, oh, and knowing all those things, but he also wanted another gain as well. And he was tempted by that gain. And so his error was that he did, he thought he was, he was, he thought he was being wise. I God, I did everything I told you to do. I said everything exactly as he told me to say it. But then he also, in addition to that, wanted what Balak had to offer. And so gave him advice, taught him how to cause those people to stumble. Are you seeing the double twist? It's twisted. It's twisted. All he should have done was say what God was going to say and go and leave the money and leave the gold and silver. That's what he should have done. And God told him not to even go in the first place. So now that you are here, just do what I, I say and go. But he also had a second agenda. That's the word I'm looking for. It, what is he added? Satan added a second agenda to his eyes. So what am I saying? Why am I talking about pure heart? Pure heart means oneness. That to be twisted means you have a, another agenda. So you can be trying to play God's side and then also wanting the gain of this world. That's why I say if man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Balaam loved the world somewhere, and Satan used it to get him. So he was trying to play both sides. Do God's will, do what God wanted, but also do what Satan wanted by, in return, getting the world. But the, by nature, everything Satan wants is what is an enemy to what God wants. Do you get it? So the people who he said were blessed, he with his own wisdom tried to curse them. And so he now too is also cursed. Does that, I, I, I don't, does that make it clear a bit? Maybe? tell me what is on your mind no, I, 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 are you sure? tell me what's on your mind oh, hey. yeah okay. more like, um, I understand so is it because he, I think the, honestly I won't read the because I'm just going to read the yes okay so the Yes, he, he he taught Balak how to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Yes, I just complete that You know what God wanted to I know that he said that God is a strong, but on the same hand, he was still speaking the words of God, but God did not tell him to cause the people of Israel to stumble. Is that not a sin? They did not send you that one. You did that by yourself. That's the iniquity. He did something. What did he do? He told Balak how what to do that will cause Israel to stumble. Is that is, is <laughs> that's clear, <laughs> right? He did something. He did something. Though he had, so that's why I'm telling you the realm of iniquity is a high realm. Most people will not even know that something wrong has happened. Do you get? Because to you, how you are seeing it is that he said what God said he should say. But that's not how God sees things. It's like, I told you how iniquity I can, let's say, me and you are in a room and I, we are talking. And then I say, oh, you come to life meetings and tell them exactly what I said. And you will come and say exactly what I said and then now also add something to it. That's something that you added is the problem, is the iniquity. So the, the part of his own that added to Ginny, the, the sending daughters of Moab. To cause people to stumble. He's, he's, the he's the one. He's the one. He's the one. He taught Balak what to do, and it's not a divination. He's just women with idols. So he get knowing that divination will not work. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, children, I have a question. Okay, just just say it. Yeah.
0: my you have you not pressure that perfect
1: judgment? Yes. No, I told you that it's the revelation of fatherhood, everlasting light, which is the perfect righteousness that deals with iniquity. So before you come into the realm of that fatherhood dimension, you have dealt with iniquity. So Christ is dealing with sin. Then the perfection of Christ, meaning the perfection of righteousness, which is judgments, now begin to deal with iniquity. Amen. And that's, that's what will make you, gain you entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Father. Which is the realm of the Father's light, everlasting light. Before entrance into perfection. It, yes, it's in the knowledge of judgment you begin to gain that will deal with the twistedness. Then you come into perfect judgment. Is what they not talk about the Father's name, Amen. Uh-huh. which is everlasting life. Okay, Paulette. Okay, so what I know it was a difficult topic today. Hey, Amen. It was an introduction. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. So I thought I just saying, and just pause. Ginny, read Revelation chapter two again. Where Jesus was talking about what Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam is. And you will see what Balaam did. They did not send him that one. He's the one who did that. Okay? Now, go ahead, Paulette. So just like, so what you said after the question, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, so in the Old Testament, like, shall so we say that before Christ, came, you know, like, how now, after Christ, how to go to, like, the journey, like, the journey to Christ. Yes. Christ, but that was not they're still in him you are very right he, yes Balaam had not lent Christ really well. He just was able to, by maybe by experience of leading with God, of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost used to lead men in those days. By that experience, he was able to know what to sacrifice, that God will come down. And by all those years of experience of sacrificing and speaking with God, he was able to access the secrets of God. Raw. But without Christ. And that's the problem. Without Christ, men will always fail. Yes, Christ is the cement the solidity, the legs, four legs by which you can handle the secrets of God. I'll thank you for that. Christ is the shield to protect the secrets that will help you. Thank you so much for that. Amen. Uh, my children (laughs) you will not kill me (laughs) okay Um, precious precious the word precious 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 cornerstone it really means that you've made peace and precious cornerstone is, is the end of the doctrine of Christ at precious cornerstone you've come to the fullness full of the doctrine of Christ. It means that you've made peace. But really, as you know, as righteousness was a curriculum, you say righteousness had year one to year four, then you have masters, and masters is two years. So the fact that you've made peace means you now start year one of peace. So peace is a continuum. Do you get me? Uh-huh. And so in the realm of peace, so when we're talking about everlasting life, everlasting light, you can come to the door of it you now have to continue learning the perfect light to con- come trans- transit to being a sure foundation. And it's actually sure foundation that uh, we're talking about that cannot be tempted. In precious cornerstone, you could still be tempted. In precious cornerstone, you've come to learn all of Christ and is dealing with sin and dealing with iniquity. But and in precious cornerstone, that's why it's a cornerstone, you've actually made that vow. That this God shall be my God forever. You will be following the Lamb. But to, to become sure, you actually now have to actually do it. You know, in precious so you have made the vow. Then what do you now have to begin after making the vow? Actually do the following. And that's what will now make you sure. When you now follow how to follow and learn how to follow foolishly, well, then you are now sure. Then you cannot be tempted. But they are linked, in a sense. Because as precious cornerstone, you are a perfect man. You've come to the fullness of Christ. You have all it takes to deal with sin and iniquity. Now use it. (laughs) And use it until you can no longer be tempted. Then you are now sure. So a sure, that word sure, means cannot be tempted no verableness, no shadow of turning, no turning, it's sure. That's why sure foundation is God. Those For Elisha, for, for foundation is stone. That's Christ. tried stone, Christ. Precious cornerstone, full Christ. Then sure foundation, they are coming to the realm of God. And that's the realm of the promise, which is eternal life. Is a sure foundation that receives eternal life a precious cornerstone receives what? Everlasting life. But you have hooked eternal life by receiving everlasting life. So by the time you become a precious cornerstone it's almost impossible for you not to go on to become a sure foundation. Almost impossible. Almost too. Almost. Amen. Are we blessed? Amen. At the Shifra, you didn't ask any question though. No? Mm-hmm. So you understood the whole message. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, any questions? Well, I can any questions. Okay. Are we being blessed? Amen. I want to give a one minute recap, maybe for those online who may have gotten lost as we're going through the, these teachings, because a lot was unheard, deep things. Amen. But we addressed something, mainly, that we need to deal with the covenant of hell and death in our lives, which came as a result of our coming into this world, born being conceived in sin. And, it's not, and what we established is that it's not easy to deal with it. And what deals with it is righteousness. Amen? It deals with the refuge of lies and the hiding places. Amen? So that's the short recap. We want to take something home. Uh, from today's message that you have not comprehended the whole thing, we need righteousness. That's Second John verse 9 where it says, For soever and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. That, that scripture made more sense to us today, having understood the things we have understood today. That we need to abide in the doctrine of Christ. It's our healing. It's our solution to all everything that Satan did to us. Amen? Everything that Satan... You know, I mean, people have heard of this psychological problem of the... I think may sometimes they say maybe if it, it, some ladies who are raped, they have this thing that they like going back to their captor. What is a syndrome? It's a psychological syndrome. I don't know what it's called. And that's how we are with Satan. Stockholm Syndrome. Satan debilitated us, but we still go back to him. It's what is affecting man. And it will take Christ to deal with that syndrome. Amen. Father, we thank you this afternoon. Thank you for how you have helped us. Thank you for the blessings that you have rained down upon us today. We exalt your holy name. We just say thank you. Thank you even for the questions. Thank you for how deep we went. Thank you for how you permitted us to go into these things for understanding. I pray for everyone out there who is not com- completely understood this, this protocol, this process of salvation, uh, that you will bring visitation, you will show mercy, and that you will bring light and understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We love you so much. Continue to help us and bless us. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And I just wanted to mention for those online, thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, you can send me a message and I'll try and explain it for you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. I <laughs> was a serious devil. <laughs> uh. You dwell between the cherubim shine for
0: you dwell between the cherubim shine for you dwell
1: between. There
0: you